This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Some news coming out of the Cowboys camp that they've lost Jason Tamalolo for a couple of weeks with a knee injury. Uh, they play the Roosters this weekend. Tell you what, we'll be getting on the Roosters about now, uh, the way that they have been tracking as well. We're going to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff with Stephen Gallagher from uh, sportsfreak.co.nz. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, thank you, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good. Uh, I've been I've been enjoying your uh, your Twitter updates, mate. Uh, if if you want to follow Stephen on uh, Twitter, you get uh, you get a wardrobe update every day before he goes to work. So it's quite entertaining. <laughs> You have quite the yeah, wardrobe, you, my friend. Yeah, what, what did you think about some some of the stuff last week? You know, go for a bit of colour, you know, try to try to bring the office up on a rainy, will, moody Wellington day, you know, just trying to do my best. Yeah, it was, it was the pink budgie smugglers that... Uh, the, the, <laughs> I, I, uh, and, and obviously, uh, you were at a beach wearing those, so I had to put the sunglasses on to recheck the screen, just quietly. The, the, the glare was frightening. <laughs> Oh dear! Hey, look, you know, look, summer's coming pretty quickly, mate. That's all you need to know. All right, that's a good. Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for the reminder, mate. Hey, uh, so I, I think there's a few of the Warriors players who are already on the beach, mate. Uh, based on that performance we saw against the Rabbitohs, um, Stacey just uh, he looked a he looked a, a devastated man after that game and things he said. Uh, players not playing for the jersey. It must have been one hell of a spray. They got it half time. Yeah, look, I. I, I this is probably the worst Warriors season I've seen in in a long, long time. I think you know, just is is it a culmination of uh, COVID and, and everything catching up with them? And look, they're just they're just not a team. They don't play like a team. They don't look like a team. And you know, I don't even think the Rabbitohs got out of second gear. To be fair, and that's being polite. You know, they just they they trounced the Warriors. The Warriors had no answers, and they just yeah. I, I would say there'd be a couple of. Uh, uh, New South Wales cup size and Queensland cup size that they're giving the Warriors a run for their money at the moment, that's for sure. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They they come home this week to play the Dogs, and the way the Dogs are going under Mick Potter, you'd have to seriously look at them 13-plus, wouldn't you, if you were going to make oh, an investment? There's, there's, there's no way I'd be tipping the Warriors this weekend, that's for sure. I think the way that Mick Potter's sort of had this had this bulldog side, he's turned them around almost single-handedly, and if, if I think they had Mick Potter from the get-go and they've been playing... Uh, Flanagan and Burton in the half since round one, they'd probably be banging on the top door of the of the top eight, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. They would be, mate. They would be there or thereabouts. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do next season because apparently they're chasing Cameron Seraldo, but maybe that needs a rethink. Yeah, I don't know if they need him. I just think Mick Potter's probably the one that's um, the answer for them at the moment. He's been, whatever he's doing, it's working for them, and I think he needs to stay there and Get the get the best out of the boys. He obviously seems um, seems to be a good coach, and the players are responding to them, and and they're only going to get better with uh, Villiam Kikau and uh, Reed Marnie next year. So yeah, watch out for the Bulldogs in twenty twenty three. Yeah, well, exactly, mate. I mean, they get um, Kikau as you said. They get Reed Marnie, who I, I still 
mate, as a Parramatta fan, I'm banging my head against the wall going, how do you let that bloke go? But give Gutho a million a year. It makes no sense to me. Um, but but there you go. They will be a force to be. They'll be a top eight team next year, no doubt. Um, I, I I think the dogs. Yep, absolutely. I'm 100 percent with you, Ricardo. They just look like uh, a team who have built really well and they've they've made the key acquisitions at right times and stuff like that. And I mean, look, just look at the pulling power of Gus Gold. He's phenomenal. You know, everything he does touches, everything he touches tends to gold. So I've got no qualms that he'll. He'll make sure that his fingerprints are all over their success in 2023. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought you were going to say everything he touches turns to gold, which would have been brilliant. You should, <laughs> you should look at using that as a headline in one of your articles. Uh, I've obviously been awake too early guys, <laughs> this morning because um, I, I, I had all that set up and I just absolutely missed the, missed the door there. It's a bit disappointing on my, my part. I apologise. Hey, that's all right, <laughs> mate. That's all right. We'll let you off. We'll let you off. Hey, um, uh, it's going to be a battle on Thursday of uh, the injury wards, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm just looking here who the Melbourne Storm are going to be without. Jerome Hughes is TBC because of a shoulder. Justin Ollum, TBC because of COVID. Uh, Jack Howarth, uh, Tepaya Moroa, uh, both with shoulder injuries out till next round by the looks of it. Will Warbick, uh, quad next round. Nick Meany, concussion round 22. Uh, indefinite Trent, uh, Loiro, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen for the season. Obviously, Remus Smith for the season with that peck injury. Achilles uh, for Christian Walsh, uh, Welsh season. George Jennings, knee season. So that's who the Storm are missing, right? Uh, the Panthers, they can add... Kikau, with his hip to be confirmed as to when he'll be back. Uh, Blacker, probably next round. Fisher-Harris is suspended until round 24. Nathan Cleary suspended until the finals. And Jerome Luai, knee out to the finals. I mean, it's going to be reserve grade. Yeah, look, it's it's really interesting because I thought that um, I thought that Canberra really had a great opportunity to put some points on Penrith and sort of upset upset the apple cart. But the way that the the Panthers conducted themselves, you know, even even without you know the best player in the competition, they still went really well. And I think this is a massive test for the Storm. I you know I, I don't know if if they've got the depth that they have uh, in years gone by. And I, I really believe that um, even though this this Panther side are blooding a few young players that they'll they'll still get the points and they'll they'll still get the win against a, a, a Melbourne side and I think that shows just sort of what what where Melbourne's at at the moment. Well, but I tell you what, they've just officially signed Ali Katoa from the Warriors. Um, so you guarantee. Uh, I don't know if the TIB will do a book on it, but he will be in the Dally M Team of the Year at the end of next season. Guarantee it. Yep. Anything to go by, um, you're pretty much uh, a, a lock in for, to leave the Warriors in second row and go somewhere else and be incredibly successful. That's that's what it looks like, mate. Um, uh, let's have a look at a couple of other things. You mentioned the Raiders, of course. A lot of the headlines, and this is typically Ricky Stewart, isn't it? He's taken the heat off his team by putting the heat on himself. Um, talking about uh, Jamin Salmon being a been a gutless dog of a bloke. Um, going back to some incident when he was 11, uh, that seems yeah. seems a bit OTT. Um, I just had Pete Fairburn on, uh, who's uh, an Australian correspondent for us, big league as well out of Brisbane. He says that they should throw the book at him, like you know, give him a big fine and suspend him from coaching for a week or two. Uh, but of course, he has a lot of apologists and James Hooper and Paul Kent in the media who are mates with him, and they're saying that would be an overreaction. Where are you on it? Uh, I, I, I incredibly believe that Ricky Stewart's comments on the weekend were incredibly out of line. They were disgusting. Uh, I, 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 he, he basically took a personal matter into the public. Um, uh, I don't know if you've sort of 
heard about what happened all those years ago, but you know, whatever that happened and, and, and stuff like that, it, it should have been left in the past, um, bringing it up. And we obviously know that Ricky Stewart's an emotional uh, person, but uh, his comments were incredibly out of line. I'd like to see him suspended for, you know, a couple of games, a big fine. And we all know, you know, Ricky Stewart loves a $10,000 fine after a, a press conference, but um, I think this needs to be elevated even more. I just, I don't agree with what, what happened. Um, whether or not Salmon uh, intentionally kicked Tom Starling um, is yet to be determined, but the comments from Ricky Stewart were definitely out of line, and I don't agree with them whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the history is. It was funny because I saw Fox Sport put the, the clip up, and then there was some, a few people commented on it, and there was a bloke that commented whose son played in the same team, and he agreed with Stuart's comments and, and said he's exactly right about this bloke. He's a horrible person, uh, which I was like, oh, okay, all right, here we go. We've got somebody backing Ricky up. I don't know what the context of it all was, but I do have to say, having watched that clip, he definitely kicked Tom, Tom Starling in the nuts on purpose. Yeah, like, it, it is a tough one. Like, uh, you know, rugby league, we, when you're playing the game, anything can happen, you know, like in... I, I personally, I don't believe it was intentional, but whether it was or whether it wasn't, probably beyond the point. Um, it was just that what Ricky Stewart said after the match shouldn't have been said, mm. and um, he's probably going to pay the price for it now. So um, that, that's probably Ricky Stewart 101 at the moment. You know, he's just that's the sort of coach he is, and he he loves to sort of take take as you say, take the heat off the players by putting the heat on himself. He's done it well, mate. He's done it well. Uh, let's move on to another team, the Sea Eagles. Uh, they really have gone off the boil, haven't they? I mean, I'm a para fan, and I was worried about this game, uh, particularly without Mitch Moses for a couple of weeks. I thought, oh, you know, the Sea Eagles, they, especially at Brookie, uh, that's a tough place to go. But Jake Arthur absolutely stepped up. I've not been convinced by him, but, boy, he made uh, DCE look ordinary a few times on defence. Yeah, I thought Gutherson probably played his best game in the season too for, um, for Parramatta, but I... Well, I was actually concerned about how much of a turnstile that um, uh, Garrick was, Ruben Garrick mm. at the back for, for Manly. He's he's normally a pretty solid defender, and um, he just was made to look silly by Mike Acevo and Clint Gutherson a couple of times. And, um, you know, they, they drop another match. They've got a really big chance of missing out on the finals because they are on that cusp of the eight, and, and every game from here on in is quite crucial for Manly. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, I, I think it was one... I wouldn't say it was a must-win, but if you if you uh, look at where they are on the ladder and what they've got to come, it was an underpowered, you know, it was a parasite that were out their best player, and it was a game they really needed to win. I mean, they're away at the Titans this weekend; they'll win that um, and and yep. and get back up the ladder a little bit. But still, I think that was a big missed opportunity. Uh, if you're a Manly fan, I mean, as things stand, uh, they're four points outside of the eight. You know, um, they don't have a bad points differential, but they're going to need a big win this weekend. Yeah, that's right, and I think you know that, that infamous Manly Seven game is going to come back and haunt them um, against a, another side vying for that eight position. But um, yeah, they are under a lot of pressure. But honestly, cr- credit to credit to Parramatta, credit to Jacob Arthur. We saw him come in earlier this year and push Dylan Brown out to the centres, and at the time, every every man and his dog was thinking, "Well, what the hell is going on here?" But it's it's paid the price, you know. The, Moses has gone down. Jacob Arthur stood up when it counts, and um, and they're going to probably get into the finals and, and Mitchell Moses will be back ready and Manly will probably miss out. Yeah, well, I mean, the way things are, Para and the Storm, uh, even on 28, they're fourth and fifth. Uh, the Storm are just ahead 
well, I want to say just ahead there, well ahead on points differential by about 150. But you know, um, it's uh, yeah, touch and go on on fourth place for for, for Parramatta. Um, what about uh, where are you at the moment on um, the wooden spoon? Because I was looking at this the other day and thinking, I know the Titans haven't been able to buy a win, but I I still think Holbrook's a decent coach. He's just not got the right pack. Uh, he's got too many youngsters running around, but. They don't have the worst run. I mean, they've got the Seagulls this weekend. Then they play, I think, the Dragons, who haven't been great. They play the Knights, who haven't been great. Then they play the Warriors. Are there two wins in there for the Titans? And if they get two wins, should the Warriors be worried? Because I don't know if the Warriors get another win this season. Yeah, look, I think we're, we really could be seeing the New Zealand Warriors finish last for the very first time. But I think the Tigers are... A 15th, they had a pretty good opportunity to win last night, and they didn't. Um, the Titans are obviously a game behind the Tigers on um, eight points, but I think the Warriors might might be safe. They, they pretty much just have to beat the Titans, um, and they'll be safe. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fall from grace from the Titans, considering, you know, they, they finished eighth last year, and they were... Uh, uh, Patrick Herbert passed away from beating the Roosters in the round one of the finals, but um, things just haven't gone their way. I agree with you. I think Holbrook's a great coach, but uh, they're just a very young side, and I think they're they're almost desperate, uh, desperately waiting for Kieran Foran to get there in 2023 to give them a bit of experience and direction around the park, and just that sort of experience will, will pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, I mean, the Knights got up 14-10 over the Tigers, which was a bit of a surprise because I had tipped the Tigers in that one. They have been awful. Uh, they'll probably be another club looking for a coach next year, won't they? Yeah, and, I, you know, it was uh, last week, you know, Adam O'Brien was saying some really bizarre stuff in the post-match, post-match press conferences and all his comments throughout the week and how there's this uh, WhatsApp group chat going on. There's a player revolt. Whatever's going on, it doesn't look good at Newcastle, that's for sure. And especially when they've got uh, their best player and their million-dollar man sitting on the sideline due to concussion protocols, it's um, it's been a pretty dour season for the Knights, especially when they started three and zero this year. And Jake Clifford was looking like he was going to run away with uh, with the Delhi M, and and everything was all honky dory. And then um, pretty much turned around pretty quickly, and they've only had I think three wins in in the last seventeen games. So it's been it's been pretty tough if you're a Nova Castrian. Very much so, mate. I mean, the thing is, though, obviously with uh, the Tigers, well, I mean, it looks like Sheen's going in there until Benji Marshall's going to be the saviour, which is another head-scratcher for me. Um, so you've got the Tigers looking, you'll have the Knights looking, the Warriors have made their decision. Uh, the Titans, you, you, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if the trigger gets pulled on Holbrook or they do something different there as well. There's certainly going to be a few clubs uh, in the mix looking for people. Yeah, look, you know, there's much like... Uh, halves, there's, there's not a coaching tree out there that anyone can just find a, a good coach from. I think two coaches that I believe should should be in there is, is Soraldo and I think Shane Flanagan's another one but I also think Jeff Tuvey, you know he, he could probably do a great job coaching mm. um, we've seen that in the past you know, he's a passionate bloke and he's he's been in charge of Manly and he, he, you know, he knows how to get his players fired up but um, don't know, if, if you're getting rid of these coaches you almost have to have someone better lined up and if you're not getting someone better lined up then you know you may as well stick with the same coach yeah might as well yeah that's a fair point actually I mean it's weird for me that Tuvi hasn't got another job because I thought he did a pretty good job at Manly um you know the fact that he he's been out of coaching for what four years I mean to quote the man himself I think there needs to be an investigation what's going (laughs) on yeah 
Yeah, look, I think he'd be um, pulling off every every door off its hinges to find himself a coaching job in the NRL, and I think he'd do a great job. You know, he, he spent a little bit of time over in the Super League. I don't really know what happened over there because you sort of once you head over there, it's all it's all nothingness. But um, he he's definitely good enough to still be an NRL first grade coach, and, and I fully believe that. And I think that if, if he got another chance, he would probably show his credentials and why he deserves to be coaching again. Yeah, what are you? What are you actually on there? I, I mentioned the Warriors in passing there, and that they've made their their decision. What do you make of the the decision uh, to bring Cappy back as well as part of the backroom staff? Well, not backroom staff, is he? He's going to be like a director of football, head of recruitment type thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one because obviously uh, he he had employed uh, Andrew Webster. Uh, when he was coaching, and Andrew Webster was an assistant coach at the Warriors all those years ago, or whatever role he had there, and it almost seems like they're kind of getting the band back together in a different sort of format. And uh, the Warriors, to me, are, are a side and a franchise that screams for the opportunity to start fresh, you know. And I don't know if getting McFadden back in, the, in some form of capacity is going to help in any way, but look, I, I think it's a great start having Webster as coach, and you know we don't really know too much about him. Um, he's been involved in the Panthers setup, but um, other than that, I think it's a good opportunity for him. But I don't necessarily think um, getting McFadden back is going to add too much depth or value to the side. Yeah, uh, I mean they're, they're certainly spreading the um, the net far and wide too, aren't they? I mean they've brought in um, a number two. Oh, I'm just trying to remember the guy's name now. Who's going to be the assistant coach? Who's formerly uh, been the head coach of the Leeds Rhinos? Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, yeah, his name escapes me too, like I was talking about before, the Super League one, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But um, like, the, the Warriors, are, as I said, they're desperate to, to start fresh. They they almost need to just hit that reset button and they need to get rid of about 15 players and, and tear their contracts up and start again. And, and you know, there's a lot of pain in, in, in the way before they start to get some game. But, um, you know, I, I, this season I have no answers for the Warriors. You just look on the weekend where they had... Wade Egan playing six. Mm. They had about three three other halves that they could have picked to play in that position, yet didn't, you know? And it's just a lot of these head-scratching sort of lots of question marks around selections that, you know, don't give the fans faith and don't give the players faith and the playing group is not, you know, it's a bit all over the show and it's hard to keep up. And, and, I, and I understand why the fans are, are unhappy and, you know, and I'm sure they'll still turn out in, in big numbers on Friday night for, for the Bulldogs match, but um, I don't know whether or not that they'll be able to pull a win. Well, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, that was weird. And, you know, Wade Egan, for some reason, all of a sudden went, I'm wearing a six, so I don't have to tackle anyone. <laughs> well, I think it's because he's, he's making too many bloody tackles at nine. I think he's just had enough, you know. And he's probably still nursing a bit of a sore jaw after Nelson Asipa Solomona landed all 120 kilos on his face. So um, I don't blame him for not wanting to make any tackles. And, and to be fair, no one else really made any tackles against the Rabbitohs on the weekend either. No, that is true, mate. That is true. Uh, well, let's talk about this. Uh, Rich uh, Richard Agar is the bloke I was thinking of. That's the guy. Yep, who, that's uh, and uh, you know, maybe they're going to look at recruiting from Super League, and maybe that's why part of the part of the reason uh, we'll have to see because uh, that has been done with different ver- uh, various levels of success by other clubs like Canberra, for example. Uh, let's look at this weekend though. The Panthers and the Storm. You think the Panthers got enough to get over the top? I mean, both teams are pretty depleted. Yeah, I think there's just an, an extra touch of class in this Panther side, and I, I love watching them play, and they always turn it up for each other, and they do such a great job. So I think they'll, they'll definitely, unless Munster is another blinder like he did on the weekend against the Titans, but I, I'd say it's um, it's Penrith's game to lose, that's for sure. Uh, you're not picking the Warriors, so I, I imagine you're going the Dogs for Friday night? 
Yeah, look, I think maybe maybe uh, I was going to call it Ericsson Mount Smart Stadium is probably enough to to give the the Warriors a, a loss by twelve or less. So um, that's probably about it. I don't think the Bulldogs will pull away too much, but um, yep, Bulldogs for me. Uh, Eels Rabbitohs. This is uh, going to be a, a great clash. Two teams on form at the moment. And I'll tell you what, if you're playing um, fantasy NRL, Colin Matangi has got to be a, a must in your second row. Yeah, and look, he, you know, he, he made the, the Warriors' defence look silly last last week. They didn't know whether to tackle him, whether to hang off him, and every time they did, he got he got the decision right and, um, you know, scored a pretty soft try against him. He's a great player. This this game, really, it's, you know, the battle of the second row. We've got um, Papali'i up against Kulamatangi and um, Latrell Mitchell against Clint Gutherson. It's 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 a pretty 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 balanced side, and you know, but I'm I'm really thinking the Rabbitohs are going to cause some headaches into the finals. And I think if they can they can get the win against Parramatta here, they're, they're pretty much setting themselves up for a, a, a very good chance of finishing in the top four. So you you go in the uh, you go in the Rabbits. Yep, yep. South to win. South to win. What about Roosters Cowboys? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually kind of thinking there's a little bit of an upset on the cards here. I thought, uh, I was, you know, I was probably being hopeful, thinking the Dragons were going to beat the Cowboys last week, but um, and then they didn't get that, and then the Cowboys came in a pretty tight game against the Bulldogs. Uh, the round just gone, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the Roosters are actually going to upset the Cowboys. I think it might, you know, it might take a little bit of Tedesco magic, but um, I, I do believe that the Roosters have just, just got a performance in them to get them over the line. All right, uh, and the Tigers Sharks, any chance for Brett Kamali? Uh, not unless he straps the boots on. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'll get word to him. I'll get word. Uh, Broncos should take care of the Knights, should they? I mean, the Broncos are a hot and cold team, but they should be too good for the Knights. Yeah, look, I think um, that they were pretty pretty ordinary on the weekend uh, against a pretty pretty solid Rooster side. But I, I think they're good enough to beat the Tigers. And if they're not, then you know that's their finals in jeopardy. You know they they need to put away these teams at the bottom of the table. Tarek Sims has picked up a four game ban for that high shot on Connor Tracy on the weekend. Um, so he's missing for the Raiders game. So uh, sticky or not, the Raiders should win that in Canberra. Yep, uh, the. <laughs> I mean, there's probably still a bit of bit of feelings towards um, the the outcome of this game about six weeks ago, where Ben Hunt lay all over uh, the the, uh, the Raiders and and got the got the win for the the Dragons. But um, it's hard to win in Canberra. The Raiders have a pretty good record against the Dragons, so I'll be I'll be making sure that the Green Machine get the win there. Yeah, and uh, finally the last game of the round, Seagulls Titans. Uh, it's at the Goldie, but can't really see much past a, a Seagulls win. They'll they'll be wanting to bounce back from that power loss. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if Cherry Evans has a strong kicking game, there's no way that the, the Titans can compete. We know all the Titans can score points, but I think Manly are just too classy and they'll get the job done. Nice. Good work. Uh, thanks very much for coming on, Stephen. Uh, keep up the good work at sportsfreak.co.nz. When can we expect uh, the next article? Yep, uh, you'll, you'll have it on Thursday, a couple of hours before the round starts, and um, we'll have all the info for there and, and, and all my little ramblings about the week ahead, so it should be all good. All right, looking forward to it, mate. Go well. Talk to you soon. Awesome, mate. Cheers, Ricardo.